0: this is a test the New world order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system this is only a test if this had
1: been an actual emergency the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase
0: Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order. This is the Nerd World Order Podcast. I am the man you call Dukes, and this is... Your boy, Joe. And this is episode number three of the Nerd World Order Podcast. It's been a little bit of time since we met with all of you. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, so, let's uh, kick it off. You know, Joe, what have you been up to lately? Just watching uh,
1: anime right now. Like The show I can recommend is The, the Rising of the Shield Hero. It's pretty good.
0: Uh, For me, I've actually been watching, uh, you know, your basics, a few reality shows, not very much nerdy stuff, but this is the Nerd World Order podcast, so we're going to talk about some nerdy stuff today. Before we get started talking about the new movies out, the new shows out, the trailers, things of that nature, we want to take a moment and wish our condolences to the families of Luke Perry and King Kong Bundy. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on Luke Perry? Yeah, you remember in high school,
1: back in the day, 90210 was like, everybody was watching it, and Luke Perry was like the dude that everybody wanted to be, because he was a cool kid in high school, got all the hot chicks in high school, so all the chicks wanted to date him, all the dudes wanted to be him, It's was very unfortunate.
0: I agree, it's very unfortunate, I didn't have cable. Unlike Joe. So my 90210 memories are a little bit limited, but I did enjoy the show when I did get to watch it occasionally. He
1: was pretty good in uh, Buffy the Vampire
0: Slayer, remember? Also, another show I didn't watch. I'm 0 nope, for 2. The movie. Thank it's you, the Joe. Movie. The movie. We watched it in the movies.
1: Ah, remember? Yes. The was the boyfriend. Come on. That's right. Okay.
0: You. Okay. Yeah. see? Got you. He got me there. When I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, I always think Paul Rubin and yeah. his vampire scene. For me, that stole the movie. So, But you are correct. Now, I do remember he was the boyfriend. King Kong Bundy. I'm a huge wrestling fan, and King Kong Bundy is one of the greats. So, all I can say is condolences to his family. Yeah. Uh, thank you for those years of wrestling, King Kong Bundy. Right. So, as you all know, Captain Marvel just came out this weekend. I did a spoiler-free review, and our discussion... On Captain Marvel is also going to be spoiler free, but Joe and I have some pretty interesting perspective on Captain Marvel. We're huge Marvel fans. I know that Joe and I have spent hours upon hours talking about Marvel Comics, Marvel movies, animation in Marvel, whatever it is, we've definitely dived into it. So we want to share our opinions with you on Captain Marvel, uh, what we lo- what we liked about the movie, what we disliked the movie, and where we see it going in the future as far as what does this really say for the Marvel Universe, the MCU overall. So Joe, I'll, I'll let you get started on it.
1: I thought Brie Larson was pretty good as Captain Marvel, but then again, we don't really have anything to compare her to, but mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job just with the part of her um, portraying was pretty good, but she seemed a little too OP for me. So it's kind of almost like a Superman-esque, you know? So what you're looking for, what I'm looking for is like her development, not just her being strong and then watching the movie. It was just like, for me, she didn't do that for me. I don't know if it was the writing or just the way she took upon the character, but she was just too OP for
0: me. I agree. I thought, uh, go ahead. So, So I think the OP... For me, it was the biggest problem in the movie. As you know, we are part of the Nerd World Order community. It's about 18,000 strong. And one of the posts that went up today was from the homie Callens. Use a hater, Callens. Use a hater. Use a hater, Callens. And he brought up some interesting questions about Captain Marvel. Now, one of the things that someone said is Captain Marvel did a lot of stuff in the movie that made you think, wow, This is stuff that none of the other characters were able to accomplish, so much like Superman, why are you going to need anybody else once she shows up if she can just do all this stuff that she did in the first movie having just learned her powers? Right. So, OP, it's going to be a huge Mm -hmm. problem, and as some of you know, I'm not a big fan of DC movies. And Justice League, for me, was a horrible movie that was just compounded when Superman finally woke up and he just started smashing everybody. Now, I certainly hope that does not happen in the Avengers Endgame. Captain Marvel shows up. She starts smashing everybody. But my thing is, at this point, I hope what they don't do is they have... Basically what they do in a lot of movies where they have one OP person and a bunch of supporting characters. They send the supporting characters off on stupid missions. And then they have the OP person basically fight the main bad guy. And win. And all the other stupid missions didn't matter anyway. But they had to create something for them to do in the script. So, Joe, you're 110% correct, my brother. The OP of Captain Marvel is concerning me about the future of the MCU. They've got to tone her down, or they've got to find a way to very quickly take her out of the MCU in order to give the other characters more significance.
1: Right, I agree with everything you said. And not to mention, she needs more character development. Like, I wasn't... Usually with Marvel movies and the characters, 10 years span of movies, we were like invested with the character we watch the character grow through whether it's struggles the good things that happen in their life and you feel for the character so leading up to end games there's rumors of whether Captain america is going to die or iron uh, iron man is going to die you have been invested with these characters for 10 years not with just the people that play the characters but the actual characters itself if they were to die look at what end games did to a lot of people Made him emotionally like, oh my gosh, what is happening? You know? Right. What what is happening? I didn't feel that with Captain Marvel. I felt like not only is she OP, she she was like, here here's your powers. There's like no, let me build up to how I got my powers. Let me appreciate my powers. All of a sudden, you're just this strong being and you're doing all this damage. And if you get hurt, I'm not. I don't care. Right. You know, I I, I don't I don't care about if you get hurt or if you die. I agree. I, I'm not invested in you, but the the good thing about endgames is, is the Russo Brothers. I'm really relying on the Russo Brothers because their writing is so good. I think they're gonna change the way both of us feel about Captain Marvel and I think they're gonna make sure she is more of a more uh, presentable in front of people so you can buy into who she
0: is because right now I'm not, I'm not buying what they're trying to sell me. I agree. I agree, brother. And one of the things that you brought up which does give me hope is the Russo Brothers. My favorite Marvel movie is Captain America Winter Soldier. One of my favorites as well. Absolutely. Now, I also love Captain America First Avenger, but they completely changed the dynamic in the tone of Captain America, the Russo Brothers did, with Captain America the Winter Soldier. And as we know, they did so well that they were given the opportunity to run the helm on Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So I think you're absolutely correct, Joe. I I feel like the Russo brothers, if there's any directors in the MCU that are going to be able to give us a relatable... Character, give us a character that is more than one-dimensional, which unfortunately at this point I feel like Captain Marvel came across as very one-dimensional. There were opportunities for you to go into her background, learn a a little bit more about her connection to her family, why she wanted to be a pilot, why Mm -hmm. she was so driven, and we didn't see any of that. We got a movie that was forced very quickly, which eliminated all character development, and it's going to be up to the Russos. If Captain Marvel is going to take the helm of the MCU, they're going to have to make her a relatable character that you want to see in front of the characters that you actually like. Right, right. And I agree with the the sped up, because if you think about it, Captain Marvel,
1: then Games. I mean, it's fast. So you can't even let that, character of Captain Marvel marinate in your head because the whole time I'm watching the movie I'm thinking end games is next month end games is next month the end credits I want to see the end credits because I wasn't into the character yeah right so she but again Russo Brothers the one thing if you if you watch Infinity War what they did so well in the same thing as Silver is they're able to take multiple characters develop them flow smoothly because the last time a Marvel movie tried to do that was like remember Spider-Man uh, three. They yes. Had Venom. They had Hobgoblin. They had Sam, and it was just thrown in your face. And yeah. You you couldn't. I mean, you there's not. You weren't. You weren't involved in. You were just like, what is this pile of crap? Yeah. But the Russo brothers took Silver War with all those characters, and you're like, damn, he fit them in there pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the same thing with Infinity War. Like you said, they have even though you, they put some main characters with the supporting characters, each one had a scene, but each one contributed to this scene, so yeah. they weren't just thrown in there. Like, yeah, there's a lot of characters, but each one played a part, and you were like, cool. That wasn't just thrown in there. It was, it flows smoothly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I agree 100%, Joe. So, Captain Marvel, I'm a huge MCU fan. I wouldn't say I was disappointed by this movie, but I would overall say it didn't really live up to what Marvel has produced right. over the past year.
1: I mean it was good. I'd rank yeah. it up there with Ant Man. Ant Man Ant Man and, the Wasp. and rank, the Wasp. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was entertaining. I mean Ant Man and the Wasp came right after Infinity War. So Correct. you know, so, it was good like uh foreplay.
0: Yeah. Getting yeah. ready for the next one. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like Marvel's putting out a little bit of filler between mm-hmm. now and Infinity, or in games. Yeah, it's like watching Naruto all over again.
1: Yeah. Just uh, nothing but fillers.
0: Uh, once again, uh, Joe is ruining my nerd cred. I never saw Naruto either. It's a good anime, old school. Okay, well... Yeah. Nerd cred is completely diminished for this episode. We'll just call this episode, episode three, Alan has no nerd okay, cred. Okay, okay, okay,
1: we balance each other out, we balance each other out. That's how, we, that's how, that's how strong we are, we balance each other out. That's right, that's right. The yin right. We're, and the yang. We're the
0: yin and the yang, it's like I'm Shazam yeah. and he's Black Adam. Yep. He's Vegeta, I'm Goku, so there's always balance. Always. Always. Uh, Speaking of Shazam, it's like we planned this. Uh, Speaking of Shazam, the new Shazam trailer dropped and I am pumped. Now, I'm a Shazam fan. Yes, you are. And I was looking at the first trailer and I was like, eh. This new trailer? On fire. Okay, Mm -hmm. you took, in my opinion, one of the greatest... songs, debut songs of all time with Eminem, My Name Is, and as you know, Shazam gets his power from saying his name. Right. Mind blown completely. That, this trailer was funny. Right. It had action. Right. It basically made me enthusiastic about watching this movie, whereas the first trailer did not. Joe, uh, give me your thoughts on this movie. Like I said, this last trailer... I mean, come on, dude. Eminem
1: in the background, dude. Like you start hearing the beat, you're like, I think that's some slim shady. You yes. can't go wrong with that. Right. So it made me more pumped up for this trailer. And you think about it, like, DC needs this. DC did very well with Wonder Woman. And as everybody knows, Aquaman went was a hit out of the park for Wonder Brothers and DC. And then you look at you look at Shazam, and it's continuing the first uh Wonder Woman movie. And Man, as far as the dark tone, they got rid of it. Which, you know, that, that's, let's separate DC from Marvel. Let's just be darker than Marvel. And that was the wrong deal. You don't need to do that. You need to do what worked in the comics, what worked in the animation. And that's what you need to do to put on a live action movie. And it seems that's what they're doing. They're on the right track. There's, uh, Zachary seems pretty good at Shazam. Yes. Uh, the sporting cast looks dope. Yes. Uh, the action looks cool, you know. And I'm looking forward to this one. And and so far, the reviews of the the uh, early screening has been nothing but positive about this movie. So everyone's saying this is like another win for DC. I love DC. I love Marvel. I just want them. I just want both to keep winning because that just means more movies for us to watch.
0: Uh, You're so right, Joe. And and Joe brings up a great point. He is a DC fan more so than me. Uh, My gauge of a bad movie starts with DC, and I compare. Superhero movies, I put them in two categories. DC is bad, Marvel is good. Does that make me maybe a little bit biased? Maybe so, but I think DC's putting out no, put out nothing but garbage. But let me back up and say this. Aquaman was better than Justice League by uh, far. Yeah, and by they're far. they're moving in the right direction. Right. And DC's getting some wins under its belt where the critics are enjoying the films, the fans Mm -hmm. are enjoying the films, and they're moving away from that silly dark tone that didn't have to be necessary. I I think that DC used a dark tone to speed up the whole emotion, character development. Because they rush their movies way too fast. Which is what Captain Marvel did. Absolutely. And now that DC's actually introducing you to their characters. And fleshing them out and giving you a complete picture. That's the movies that are winning. Right. Not these ensemble casts with... Batman versus Superman or a Justice League mm-hmm. or Suicide Squad. Those movies struggle. Sure. But movies where they stop and they focus on one character, that's when DC really wins. That's when they come mm-hmm. to shine. So Joe's 100% right. Uh, DC is moving in the right direction. Right. I hope... This is the first movie that I'm able to give DC nothing but positive reviews. Now, I love Shazam, so I'm going to do that anyway. Be forewarned, whatever I say about this Shazam movie, like it or hate it, I will tell you it's the greatest movie ever, just so you go watch it. Because I love me Shazam, some Shazam. Um, But yeah, Joe's 100% right. Uh, Joe, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is
1: going to be... A lot better than the first one. I thought the first one was okay. and Will Smith, you know, was pretty good in it. But I thought it was okay. It could have been better. And I think with James Gunn bringing to the table, is going to be a lot better. Because, as you all know, a we're, we're both huge Marvel fans. But what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And keep in mind, he also did every scene with the Guardians of the Galaxy in Infinity War. Yes. Fun fact, in case you guys didn't know that. Fun fact. So, he, he's really good at bringing characters that nobody cared about. Yeah. I never read Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Nope.
1: But he comes out with the movie, and now everybody heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they went to go buy the comics. Yeah. But Because that's what that guy does. The guy has good storytelling, and, and he directs very well. Yeah. So, what he's going to bring to Suicide Squads is, again, not going to be that dark tone. It's going to set a good vibe... He's going to bring in characters that none of us probably ever remember in the comics. And huh. he's going to make them really dope. Like some of the characters are gonna, he's going to bring is he's going to bring the Rat Catcher, the Polka Dot Man, King Shark. That's one dude I'm looking forward to. And then Idris Albo is going to be the new Deadshot, which I think is dope. Don't get me wrong, Will Smith's a good actor. But but um, Alba, dude, that guy, whatever he takes, man, he just becomes that character. He, let's just be honest. He's just badass. And we're going to see that yes. in Hobbs and Shaw, how good he is, because yes. that's really going to be the foreshadow of how Deadshot is going to be, because he's, he's just going to be more... Because Will Smith's kind of like, I don't believe him as a, uh, an angry character. Deadshot's yes. kind of like an angry character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it looks like what James Gunn is going to do is going to focus on the 80s run of the comics by John um, Ostrader and Kim Yell. Hmm. And what that did is it talked about when Deadshot was actually in the original Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and... He's not, he didn't have a daughter then, so it's focusing on him losing his brother. Oh. So he's always detect, uh he was always taking missions that the survival weight was very slim mm-hmm. because he wanted to die.
0: Nice.
1: So that just lets you know how important Deadshot is to James Gunn's story because they went and filled that role really quickly.
0: Idris Elba is a phenomenal actor. It's interesting because there was uh, internet banter going around, internet rumor at one time that he would be the next James Bond. That but, would have been dope. Yes, very dope. And then he pops up in a Fast and the Furious spinoff, which as the villain, Yeah. I, as far as I know, this is probably his first role as a villain. I could be wrong. But I'm really looking forward to seeing him as a villain. And then on top of this... If I had to make a list of actors that I would say this person could probably replace Will Smith, he wouldn't have been on my list. Yeah. Because he is a different caliber actor. Yes. And him being a different caliber of actor, it's going to give DC something that it seldom has. Which is authenticity in its roles. Now right. you can say a lot of their supporting characters have a great deal of authenticity, but if you were to say Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Affleck is debatable as far as you know his uh, respect within the industry. Right. Gal Gadot definitely isn't someone that comes to mind as a phenomenal actress, mm-hmm. um, and of course Jason Momoa is mm-hmm. a phenomenal let's say, action hero. He's yeah. done great stuff. He was in Game of Thrones. But when you think of people that people really enjoy and want to see on the big screen, they don't have that right now. So to have someone like Idris Alba, who people actually respect, he is going to bring a different level of actor into this movie that they haven't had in a while. Oh, yeah. Which is really, really cool. And... You know, Joe does a phenomenal job of looking at all of the background and doing research and things of that nature. And what I'm hearing from Joe is this is going to be a Suicide Squad with a lot more character development. Right. Because the stuff that Joe talked about right now, just like, okay, so what is his motivation for taking these suicide missions? Uh, He has a completely different motivation than he did in the past. At this point, he wants to die on every mission, which is going to make a crazy action story that we haven't seen before. Now, Joe mentioned some characters. Uh, Rat Catcher? Yeah. Who? Uh, who else? Uh, Peacemaker, which okay. might
1: be played by Bautista. Bautista. And you, you probably heard it. If you have or you haven't heard it, Bautista is a loyal dude, just like my guy sitting in front of me. Alan Ooh. Dukes is very loyal to me. I'm loyal to him. That's right. So Hell yeah. If Alan was to go make another movie, I'm going to follow him. That's if right. he's going to direct the movie, I'm going to follow him. And that's what Batista is doing. Batista recognized that James Gunn gave him his first start, his first really big role. And that's something that that big guy cannot forget. And and he's already voiced his opinion that he wants to be a part of uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squads, which I think he'd be a dope Bane. Yes. But I don't think they're going to go with Bane. I think he's going to play the peacemaker. Yes. Which is from what I read about. He's the guy that wants peace and he's going to do it by any means necessary. So, it's interesting to see because he looks like a dude that, yo, if he wants peace, he's going to get peace. And you can't forget, I'm stoked about Alba, dude. I mean, we talked about it earlier earlier today, dude, when he was in Dark Towers. Dark Tower, yes. Dude shooting a gun already. So, we already kind of got a glimpse of him shooting guns, you know. But uh, phenomenal actor, man. That guy is really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing what... The, the thing about it is, is if in those in that movie, if these characters die... Like, I can't even remember the dude's name in the first Suicide Squad. The dude that can go through building to building. Didn't even know who this dude was. Yes. Dude went up there and he blew his head. Like, yeah. Okay, you're making me feel for that guy? I don't feel for that guy, right? Exactly. You know, I don't feel for Captain Boomerang with your little pink unicorn. I don't yeah, care who yeah. about that. You know what I mean? You, you, you try to get us with the Will Smith and his daughter thing, but... The one thing James Gunn is going to do is he's going to make you feel for the characters. So you actually feel sorry for the characters. And then you get to know the characters. You feel the pain. You get to watch the journey. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see his take on it. And, you know, like, think about it this way. Like, the directors that did Wonder Woman, that did Aquaman, that's going to do Shazam. James Gunn, he's going to do Suicide Squad. With these if, these, if Suicide Squad and Shazam turn into winners... Warner Brothers gonna give the control more to the directors, kind of like what Marvel does. Marvel mm-hmm. gives Kevin Fergie, is it? I think it's Kevin Fergie. Feige. His fight, hit, control, and he, and then from there he gives his director's control of how to yes. orchestrate how the movie is gonna go. He has this ten year plan. This is what we gotta do. But in that movie, you can do what you gotta do to get to that point. Right. And I think with the success of the Wonder Woman and Aquaman and hopefully Shazam, is gonna is gonna let the uh, Warner Brothers released at home to let these guys have more creative control which means better movies
0: i agree 110 i would say the biggest problem that dc had at this point is they didn't have a plan right they were just trying to push out movies to catch up to marvel i mean don't get me wrong they had that Zack snyder i mean he had his like
1: five-year plan of what he wanted to do but that's one dude who's trying to direct a lot of those movies you can't right. do that yeah Kevin doesn't direct. He sits at the top. Yes. And he hires directors that he wants to use his vision. Right. And then he lets you freestyle on that vision mm-hmm. and let you go. Where Zach didn't do that. And then no. what you got is that Josh Wooden, and, and we were talking about it earlier, like I think he set up that Justice League to fail because how are you going to do Marvel movies yeah. and make the special effects good and then you can't clean up freaking Superman's mustache? Get out of here, dude. You know what I mean? And what they did with like Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel? Outstanding.
0: Yes. Yes. If there's one pet peeve I have about superhero movies, it's bad special effects. I think every movie is going to push itself to the limit and maybe have a bad look here or there. But damn it, DC. That mustache debacle. You will never live that down, in my opinion. I will never live that down. It just no. looked weird. Yeah. But then you have an entire man's face. An entire face. Mm-hmm. And they were able to pull
1: that off. Yeah, dude. And not to mention, in certain certain aspects, Aquaman is just as strong as Superman with that trident, right? Yeah, because man. Because Superman does gets damaged with magic, right? That's mm-hmm. how you beat Superman. You beat yep, him with magic or kryptonite. Like Shazam. Flash is super fast. He can hang with Superman, yep. so it made him look too OP. So that you know, like, it's like, and then you and then and then you got to take my boy Ben Affleck, and you got to try to make him funny. First off, if you know anything about comics, Batman is not a Superman hugger. Oh, we need Superman. We need Superman. This Oh, We need him. We're trying to make funny. That's not Batman. That's not how Batman is. Batman would acknowledge it in his own way, but he is not someone that's gonna. Focus the whole movies on Superman, like you just you forget Batman, you dope. You can take out the whole Justice League if you want. Correct. That's my Batman. That Batman that was in Justice League is not my Batman. And Ben Affleck I think is a good Batman. I just think the way Josh Whitden rewrote you could tell he rewrote the scenes and you know, like I'm kind of curious how bad Zach would have done if yeah. he didn't go in there and fix it.
0: Yeah. And Joe brings up one of my big pet peeves about Justice League was it felt like Batman, who is normally the leader, has a plan, is more intelligent than a lot of the other members of the Justice League, or at least at minimum equal, was uh, pretty much just used as a guy who drives around a car and shoots at stuff, as opposed to someone who came up with a really good plan. That's not Batman. Uh, Batman puts stuff together. He's the leader. When it comes to plans. And in this case, uh, Justice League just wanted to hype up Wonder Woman. Wanted to hype up Superman. Made Superman look, by the way, OP, overpowered. Right. Made him look overpowered. And it was just a really, really bad use of those characters. So, Suicide Squad, James Gunn, one good director allowing his vision for the characters that he wants to use, I'm expecting good things. I agree. So, you know, when it comes to good characters, and and honestly a surprise for me, DC has a streaming network, and their first introduction was Titans or Teen Titans. I guess it's just Titans it's just at Titans, this point. Yeah. Um, I wasn't impressed by that. Uh, I recall a few weeks ago... Joe hit me up and said, "Hey, have you watched Doom Patrol?" I didn't even realize it had come out yet. And they're about 4 episodes in now. And Joe's a DC fan, so uh, as you know, I'm not. I love DC comics, their movies, their shows, not so much. Joe, give us your look, your your thoughts on Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, like Titans was pretty good, right? No. It was good.
1: It was a good start. It was rushed, but it was still good. You you it got another season. I just want to see the characters. I'm cool that they have their own TV show because okay. a few years ago you wouldn't have had a Titan show. But this Doom Patrol, this Doom Patrol was so good. Yes. So good. Now, people probably listening like, what the hell is Doom Patrol? Yes. Not that many people know about Doom Patrol, because it was like in the comics in the late sixties. Mm-hmm. Didn't take off too well. It's basically about a dude named Chief. He's in a wheelchair and he has Crazy Jane, Robot Man, Lasted Girl, and Negative Man. All who ain't accepted by society, Alan Deuce. Doesn't that sound familiar?
0: Um, Let's see here. Guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. A team that's not accepted by society. Right. Doesn't sound familiar at all. Sounds like the <laughs> X-Men. Oh! I think you're right.
1: So, fun fact is, Duke actually came out before the X-Men. And rumor has it that Stan Lee took it and remixed it and made the X-Men, which I love. I love the X-Men. Yes. I'm glad he did do that. But again, DC and Marvel both take from each other and they come up with their own. Some some make it better than others, but the Duke Patrol, this... Let's get back on Duke Patrol. So good, dude. So good. Like, the dude that plays Mr. Nobody, Alan Tudike. Tudyk. Close enough. Anyways, the villain is narrating the show and he's making... The way he's narrating, he's putting down these characters, be, saying that they're losers and they're nobodies and they're good for nothing and they're trying to be heroes. What what, what show does that? None. It's normally like a narrator that's going to build up these characters, make you already off the bat is making you like feel sorry for these guys. Yeah, yeah. That's character development. Yes. And each each episode is filled with an origin story, but it's not pushed on you. It's little small snippets. But it's little small snippets that get to the point and you'd be like, wow, I feel mm-hmm. for this character. Yes. So every episode starts off with a part of the origin story that picked up from the last one and just builds up on it, builds up on it, and creates the characters. And must I say Cyborg, my dude, this Cyborg is so much better and runs circles around that Justice League Cyborg. Yes. Hands down, dude, yeah. the character development of Cyborg and it's... They're focusing more on his humor aspect and not his robotic aspect, mm-hmm. which, you know, like in the cartoons and even in the, in the Justice League, they focus more on his robotic side. Where this one, he's battling his emotions of him being cyborg and how he's dealing with fighting on whether or not he could truly be a hero if he wants to be a hero. You know, getting everybody else involved that doesn't want to be a hero. He's become not only is he becoming a hero, he's becoming the leader of the squad.
0: Yeah, which I think is good. What, what are your impressions of it? So, I remember Joe telling me Doom Patrol was good, and I would say the best thing about the Titans' first season was the Doom Patrol episode. Right, it was actually a good episode. Yeah, and uh, first of all, Titans' first season, trash. But (laughs) that is my opinion. So, Doom Patrol, answering Joe's question, is so good. I watched this week's episode... And literally, as soon as the credits rolled and the DC symbol went up, I asked Joe, have you seen this episode? It's the best episode yet. There are right. only four episodes in. Yep. I strongly suggest whatever means you use to stream your shows, watch your shows, etc., whether it be the DC app or whatever... Watch this show. You gotta watch this show. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that Joe talked about was the character development. Now, one of the characters is Brand is Robot Man. Brandon Fraser. Correct. Brandon Fraser. Now, this guy, his character, is just a tan robot. His mouth does not move. The only part of his body that even changes is his eyes. Right, This guy is able to give you so much emotional range in his voice mm-hmm. and just using his eyes which change from different shades of red and different levels and stuff like that. This guy knocks it out of the park only using his voice. Right. Now, Joe talked about Cyborg whom I have not been a big fan of in the DC Justice League movie and I haven't been a big fan of him in the uh, in any of the DC cartoons. Main reason is because I felt like he's been very cliche. He's been very one-dimensional. I'm mad at my dad, and I say booyah. That's mm-hmm. all he's been. Even though, shout out to Kari Payton, who plays the voice of Cyborg on Teen Titans Go. Love me some Kari Payton. Yep, yeah. Yes, besides that. So, this Cyborg is great. To Joe's point, he's the leader. He has disagreements with his dad, but he's also has a pretty good relationship with his dad. His dad is helping him out on missions, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So I like Cyborg. Now, there's also characters that are coming into their own, and it's not just like, boom, out of the gate they have their powers. Like, Elastigirl, she's trying to figure out what she's doing with her character. Or is it Mr. Negative? Or Mm -hmm. Mr. Negative is figuring out what he... What his powers are all about. What do they look like? How is he going to use them? All this stuff is what he's starting to figure out. So this show is one of those where you want to see the next episode. Because whether it be the story, which is really Really good. good. Or whether it be the characters, which are really Really good. good. Doom Patrol, I am very excited to say for the first time ever, this is is a good DC property. I don't care if you're talking a DCCW show, which those turn into trash. We may talk about that in a minute. Or whether you talk about the DC streaming shows, right. or whether you talk about the DC movies, this is better than anything they've created so far. Bar none. You may think, hey, Aquaman's a little bit better. I may give some credit to Wonder Woman. This show, I'm enjoying. I will take this show over sitting through anything DC has put on the big screen yet.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with some of the stuff you say. Uh, hey, hey, yeah. bring it, bring but, it. Hey, I mean,
0: but again, this is just
1: these are just our opinions. You know, I'm sure we're we're gonna get people that disagree with us and have their own opinions. But like I said, we're just, this is what our opinions, our views of how we see things. Take it with a grain of salt. But but with anything else, watch it for yourself and come up with your own conclusion. But yeah, you need to watch this Doom Patrol. This Doom, Doom Patrol is really good. Brandon Fraser, like my man said, dude, is super good. I mean, the last time he was Revelent was in The Mummy. The Mummy. Ooh. I mean, how long yeah. ago was that?
0: Yeah, Mummy. too. Remember he
1: was in G.I. Joe: The Secret with the Rock. He was in it for like a little, or the first, the first G.I. Joe movie like a hot second. I'm like, is your correct turn into this? But this right here, this is the type of role that he's so good it could rejuvenate his career. Yes. It's it, it's a good. I mean, come on, dude, you're making me care for a robot. I mean, it's not a cyber robot. He just has a brain and everything else machine. That he's using, uh, and the reigns, like Alan said, I mean, this dude's a good actor, a real good actor, yeah, yeah, real good actor. Yeah. But then every character, every actor that's in there, are made for that role. I mean, they make you feel for the character. I mean, it's just a good show. Like all around, the writing's good, the action's good, the the transgression from episode to episode is good. Unlike Captain Marvel, it left me. Uh, I don't care if I see another Captain Marvel too, right? This Doom Patrol every episode I'm like oh my goodness dude I can't wait to see the next episode and it's and it's a wow for anyone to feel that way about it about a TV show like, TV show you know yeah exactly like yeah. especially a DC TV right. show right I
0: mean it's really good like the last episode of Doom Patrol I'm watching it and it's a cliffhanger and I literally looked at the screen for a minute and I was like really. That's what you're gonna to do to me, you're gonna leave me on the edge of my seat, right? That does not happen with a lot of television shows nowadays, mm. especially television shows that are of the science fiction hero genre. Uh, so and it's dope, the transition is dope, yes.
1: Like, it looks like they're doing like two episodes, to, yeah. To, to, to like, so one episode, yeah, it's not like. The CW shows where it's like this long progression for you to find out the villain, you fight the villain at the end. Yes. You already know the villain. Now you have sub-stories within the plot. Right. But it's two episodes, for,
0: and it's done. Then you move to the next one. Then you right. move to the next. Yes. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Like... Yeah, so as you can tell, Joe and I are both very enthusiastic about Doom Patrol, but of course, uh, the jab that I threw at DC was on the CW, DC, CW shows, and apparently, uh, the show Arrow is going into its final season. It has entered the realm of cancellation, so, eh, I stopped watching this show many, many years ago. What season do you think you stopped maybe season three. I know I yeah. didn't get, I didn't get all the way through season four. Yeah. That show, I remember when that show initially came out, I was excited. I was like, oh, dude, you gotta watch the show. Like, it was, there was intrigue, mm-hmm. there was action, Stephen Amel was killing it as far as like his, the, the way that he portrayed himself as, as both Oliver Queen and also as the Green Arrow. And initially there was a lot of controversy when DC started rolling out its new DCEU universe being their movie franchise that he was not going to be part of the movie franchise because everyone really fell in love with Stephen Amell as the Green Arrow. Now, over a period of time, it seems like he... Continued his overall good acting, but the stories just went downhill. So Joe watched it a little bit further than me. So I'm going to turn it over and and let Joe tell you about this miserable tale that is Arrow. <laughs> the thing about
1: it is the first two seasons was really good, right? Because that's the Batman. That's what it is in Arrow, and it's called the Arrow Universe. And that's basically where the Flash comes from, DC Legends comes from, Supergirl comes from, etc. But he is the Batman of the TV show. So basically, like what Alan was alluding to is anyone that they want to use on the big screen, they're not going to use in the, on the small, the, uh, the small TV shows, which was kind of kind of cool because they used the Flash, which I guess they were going to use the Flash. But then there's nothing you could do when the Flash took off. Everybody started watching the Flash and now it has more ratings than Arrow. Mm-hmm. But back to Arrow, the first two seasons was really good. What made it so good was it was dark. It was edgy. It was basically Batman with a bow and arrow, right? Yes. But, and Deathstroke was in there. Deathstroke was good in there, right? Damn good. And then it just got to, like, the old CW cliche of, like, relationships. And it seems like the relationships with the different women that Oliver was going out with and the different relationships on the show kind of took president over Mm -hmm. that. And they changed from where the comic books was and made him marry uh, Oliver or... um, Felicity. Felicity, I'm thinking Alicity because that's what they call them. Uh, instead of like uh, Laurel Lance, which mm-hmm. in the comics that's what it is. So me as a fan, I didn't like that part, and it made she was just a hacker. Then she became more involved in the show, and I think a lot of people said that's what what uh, caused part of the downfall. Mm-hmm. I think they made a lot of bad decisions on their their way to go. But if and I if you think about it, like there's a five year when he was on that island, like. People are saying that the first five seasons, that would have been good if they just ended like that. But I think it was going so well and it's creating all these spin off shows that it just kept going. But I think it had its good run. I think it'd be, he can come in as like a guest on the show, but I think eight years is a long time. It would be nice to see it go ten, but I think eight is good. There's so many other shows that are, that are popping off from the Arrowverse, like Batwoman's coming out. So I think mm-hmm. they're looking for that one to take the helm of it. Which would be good because it'll be a female lead if she becomes the the brand of it. You know, it'd be good to see a female lead take over the franchise and have them go through her
0: instead of Oliver
1: Queen. But it had it had a good run.
0: Definitely had a good run, and and uh, I would say if nothing else, I became a fan of Stephen Amell. Good actor, yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor, and off the screen, he supported. Uh, A lot of great causes, uh, specifically uh, related to uh, cancer. cancer. Yeah, yeah. So Stephen Amell, I wish you the best. Yeah, wish you the best. Yeah, absolutely, man. You have been a phenomenal arrow, and I will just say that I felt like the writing that he was given didn't match what he could bring to the table.
1: But he did the best he could do within the confines of what the, write,
0: the writers had on him. Yeah, I, I hope he ends up on the big screen. I know he was in that... Turtles. Uh, yeah, he was in TMNT, or TMNT, so hopefully he goes on from there. So, uh, as you know, right now, we're kind of in the mode of talking about television shows. We talked about one streaming show. Uh, let's keep it going with a comic book franchise or a comic book that I'm not familiar with, which I kind of think made me enjoy it a lot more than I really expected to. A lot of people were giving this show some good hype online, right. so I had to check it out. Had to jump on that bandwagon. That's right. Had to open up that umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, Umbrella Academy. I binge watch it in, let's say, two, maybe three days. Uh, as you can tell, character development is really important to me. A good story is really important to me. And Umbrella Academy falls into a weird category. The characters are cool. They're interesting. They're very awkward. They're very different from what I normally would get into. Mm-hmm. So the awkwardness of the characters kept me interested more so than what I would see in a normal dynamic like with a Captain America or uh, let's say maybe a Black Panther where you find something to relate with or something that you can admire, something to get behind. With these characters, you're looking at all these quirky characters who are put in an interesting situation And they're trying to make it work. Every character's quirky, and that's what keeps me watching it. So, uh, I'll be honest with you. Most of the characters have numbers. They have real names. But other than (laughs) Diego, I can't remember anybody's name. Uh, But I have to say that whether it be number one or whether it be number nine, uh, I liked all the characters. They were very interesting. But I will say one thing about this is... And, Joe, I'll let you take it from here. I feel like the middle of the series got very slow. Mm-hmm. And it got so slow that it was it was a little bit difficult to get to the other side where the watch was worth the reward. So, what do you think about Umbrella Academy? Completely agree with my man, dude. And like you said, like it's almost like Doom
1: Patrol in a way. Like yeah. quirky characters and yeah. good development. But... I, I couldn't stop watching it thinking this is Phoenix from the X-Men saga. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the same uh, the emphasis of someone keeping their powers so they don't know that they're strong and then they, they become super strong. It's just like Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, like Alan said, the beginning was good. It got me. And then I hit that middle, like Alan said, in the middle where I just got too slow and I stopped. And I'm going to be honest. I came over tonight and I watched the last two episodes. Only because my man was like, yo, you got to watch the last two at least. It's super good. And was he right? The last two episodes, super good. Maybe forget about the... I'm all about like... Netflix, it's cool because they bring characters and movies that we want to see. But in the series like that, it takes too long to get to the point. I'm like, dude, get to the point. I already know what's going to happen. Like, get to the point. And it just took too long. That middle just got me. But the ending... Super good. Like, the last two episodes, really, really good. I I really love this kid, number five. Good actor. I like what he brings to the table. Reminds me of Nightcrawler. I Mm -hmm. I love this kid. He's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ben is good. I mean, every character character that's in that one, two, three, four, and five, because that's what they are, their numbers. Super good. And the way that it ended like it i was like wow i'm I'm really looking forward to the next season i'm glad it got picked up i'm like i can't now you gotta wait because that netflix makes you wait but it's it's really good it's uh like alan said it's quirky strange you know they're not gonna be like an average marvel or dc movie where like they're doing their powers and so everything's a fight scene what i like about the tv shows that their take on the superheroes is there's more character development because I guess you have more episodes to get to the point to try to develop the character. So you get to love the character. And that's why CWDC does so well because they develop their character. So when they do a big crossover, you're more involved with the characters. So you're just like you're more into it because you have a relationship with all the, the people that play the characters that you like. And that's what the umbrella does. You get the feel for these kids. I mean, if you watch the TV, sh- the, the, the sitcom, there's a hundred of them that were born that day. They only have seven. So, you're kind of curious, what's up with the other 93? Where do they go from there?
0: Yes. You know, I think Joe sums it up best. It's It, it can be slow in the middle, but that last episode, right. it is such a payoff. So, Umbrella Academy, it's another strong recommend. Just because the characters are there. You actually like the characters. You want to figure out what's going to happen with them. Right. And... It's literally like at the end, the final episode, everything comes together and it just works so well. So if you have Netflix, or as I always say, there's a million ways to stream your entertainment and whatever you choose to stream your entertainment, this is another watch it and enjoy it. Right. right. Get through that middle section. It's yeah. The payoff is worth it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we are actually at the end of the nerd world order podcast. So, um, A lot of other podcasts, one of the things that they'll do is ask you to subscribe to their Patreon. We don't do a Patreon. Nerd World Order is a community, which means we want you to be proud to be part of the NWO. We want you to rep NWO, which means whether it's shirts, whether it's stickers, whether it's hats, whether it's keychains, we're not going to ask you to give money and get nothing back in return rep nwo right now i'm wearing a nerd world order shirt right now Joe's wearing a nerd world order shirt go to imnwo.com pick you up a shirt pick you up a sticker pick up a keychain whatever you want to do we're never going to ask you to give us something and get nothing in return wear a shirt rep the nwo so i'm going to turn it over to joe
1: i completely agree with Everything you say. We're not going to be up there taking Instagram photos, Facebook (laughs) photos. Be like, yo, check out me live. Check me out like (laughs) Patreon. Check me out. I got my own. No, we don't do that. Like my boy said, rep nerds. If you're a nerd like we are, rep our family. We're a big community. Like Alan said, 18,000, and we're only going to get stronger. We're here for you. This podcast, we do this for fun. This is what we love to do. We love to talk about nerd stuff. We do it on a podcast. We do it in chats. We do it in person when we're having lunch, watching movie. This is what we do. We love doing this. Why are you going to pay me for something that I love doing? Alan loves doing it. Hell we yeah. do it because this is what we love to do. We love to hear your comments, what you want us to talk about on this next podcast. Just let us know. Subscribe to us on like Facebook. Join our family.
0: That's right. You know what
1: I mean? Join our family. Post on there and be like, yo, this is what we want you to talk about your podcast. And we're cool. Tell us something you don't like. Tell us something you do like. We take constructive criticism all day long. We're only as strong as our family. And we're not stronger than one person. Together, we are as strong. We are as one.
0: This is true. And if you want to find the Nerd World Order podcast, if this is your first time hearing it, if you want to find us on Instagram so you can see Joe wearing his badass NWO t-shirt, Joe actually posted a little behind-the-scenes picture of us putting together the podcast a bit earlier today. If you want to find us on Facebook and become uh, part of the Nerd World Order family, part of the Nerd World Order community, uh, all you have to do on any social media is type in hashtag IamNWO uh, to connect to us to become part of the Nerd World Order family. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Nerd World Order. What's good? This concludes our podcast. Like I said, we,
1: we any feedback you want to give us, the show is only going to get better. Any feedback you want to give us to make it better, we're all ears. And trust me, I got some big-ass ears, so I'm all ears,
0: my peeps. (laughs) So until next time, I I am am NWO, NWO. we are NWO, NWO. and let your nerd flag fly. Booyah.